and uh, we'll see what he does, okay? You're with me? So it might not be as smooth, but I think I've got a word from the Lord. And so we're going to try to bring it. Um, first of all, he took me to two scriptures this morning during worship. The first one was Nehemiah, where they discovered the word of God. And, and when, they, when they read the word of God, they wept because it had been so long since they heard it. And there was this decree to quit weeping and rejoice because we discovered the word. There was a, there was a time of rejoicing that came at that particular time of the discovery of their condition. And even though their condition wasn't good, the Lord said, rejoice because you discovered where you are. There's a call. I believe the Lord is calling the church to discover where they are. And that includes us here at Eastside. There's a, there's a, there's a sobriety that's coming to the church. I, I believe all over the nation... And hopefully all over the world. I'm not such a world follower, but I am a nation follower. And, and there, there needs to be a time of rejoicing and then a, a time of correction. Uh, uh, Richard Sullivan was teaching on Wednesday night, and he was teaching out of 1 Peter uh, this week. And, he, and he, he, when he read something, this is another scripture the Lord gave me this morning during worship, Michael. He, when he read something, it just... It, 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 it nailed me, and, and um, it's actually from 1 Peter, not Philippians. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. We have that, I think. Chapter 4, verse 7. It says this. Let's read this out loud together. But the end of all things is at hand. Say it with me again. The end of all things is at hand. Do, do, you, do you, you recognize with me that God's clock isn't the same as your or my clock? He's not concerned about, you know, his... Close at hand doesn't mean before you die necessarily, but it also could based on what we're seeing in our times today. Obviously, it's closer at hand now than it was yesterday. But he says e even then that there, there, there should be this seriousness and a watchfulness as you pray. And we've called a fast and we've called a pray, and I don't know where you are in your agreement with that or what, you, what, you, what you're doing. But one of the things that I wanted to call you to is a seriousness, that we, that we have a seriousness about this, that we, we are sober in, in, what it, in what it can accomplish. I, I, I'm, thinking about, I'm thinking about Jonah. Jonah's hate for a people group. I know that's your heart, JP, but there's so much diversity hate going on currently in our culture. And Jonah hated Nineveh so much that he avoided God. He ran from God so that he wouldn't have to face bringing the gospel message to a people group because he hated the people group with such hatred. But it says about that people group, which was 35,000 people in unity, that they called a fast and they put sackcloth and ashes on their head and, and the hand of God saved a generation of people that were known and hated by Jonah because of their worldliness. 
There's a seriousness that God is calling us to that I think we better grab a hold of, and I hope you grab a hold of it with me because I'm being challenged by it because we have been saved and we are in this world for such a time as this. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul, it's a very familiar verse. Paul says, Paul says, um, actually it's chapter 3, verse 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. I forget what lies behind and I press forward to those things which are ahead. Do you think Paul was thinking only about his failures? He had a testimony, and the testimony that we have brings glory to God. But he's not living in his past victories either. And so this morning, we're going to talk on prayer. And the thing that I want us to have is a seriousness, as much fun as I like to have. I mean, I like to have fun. I like to have fun when it's hard. I like to have fun when it's work. I just like to have fun, period. But in my heart, I'm incredibly serious about accomplishing the things of God. And there's a sobriety right now in, in, our, in, in, in us that we need to get a hold of as people to, to actually become what God called us to. So, uh, again, I want to call you that. Frank, could you come forward? I told you I was going to call on you. I heard this testimony this morning, and I want you to hear it as well. Turned the mic on before we came. <laughs> Talk, tell them what you told me. It's shorter though, shorter. Yeah, give give us the Friday version, not the Monday through Friday. Just the challenge that the Lord is challenging you to. What's he? Read that verse. You can do it if you'd like. Okay. Freedom. Um, hopefully y'all can hear me. Um, it's dangerous when the sound guy walks away from the board. <clears throat> Thank you, Michael. Um, because I'm not gonna yell, so I'll probably start crying. Um. So a couple of weeks ago, the Lord basically took my life and dumped it out on the floor. And um, he said, it's, it's time. It's time to deal with sin, a lot of bitterness, um, a lot. Um, it, it's basically all the major issues of my heart. And I know sometimes the Lord deals with people one thing at a time, but he just said, it's everything. <clears throat> it's time to go. And uh, he's gracious. Gosh, she's gracious. Um, I'm 40 years old, and I've honestly never in my life had a hunger for the word. I just haven't. Don't know why. Two weeks ago, the Lord said, this is the thing that's missing in your life. He said, this is the reason why you don't have victory. This is the reason why you have continued to stay in this self-deprecating cycle. And so um, I dug in. I started in Matthew. I've in two weeks. I'm all the way through at the end of Second Timothy, and it is changing my life. And I've gotten to the point every every morning on the way to work, I go through um, the end of Philippians four, where God talks about think on these, or Paul talks about think on these things, and He lists all these things. And it's not thinking about it; it's make them the center focus of your heart. And so I have been confessing all these things that today I will choose.
to walk in love and forgiveness and patience and kindness. And I go through this whole thing every single morning. And then I find myself as I begin to listen to the word and it's I'm trying to do it because I have to change this. And so the word is it is the best thing that I know to do. And so I've just been hammering through it. And so I'm listening to the word and I'm reading the word and that's it. Amen. That's it. I think the Lord is waking the church up to what he's doing. And he wants us to, the thing about Christianity, I, I talked to somebody else this week and they said, they said, you know, I know all the stories in the Bible. You know, I've read the Bible. I know all the stories. I'm familiar with all the stories. And he's a storyteller. He actually is a songwriter. I might be giving him away. But he said, until I had a men's small group and had to prepare for it, I never, I never got in the Word of God and actually devoured it. And he said, and when I'm doing it, it's changing me. It's changing me. The thing that we do when we've been a Christian a long time is that we, we get comfortable with our Christianity. And, and, and we feel good about everything. And there's nothing wrong with feeling good. The Lord wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be happy. So you need to celebrate your victories. But you don't need to get to the place where you're content with where you're at. You know, you don't need to think that somehow you've arrived. One of the things the Lord is showing me in this fast is, I really don't know him well. And if he don't know him well, what, what about me? I hope you're saying that. Because the truth of the matter is, our God is an omnipresent God. He's everywhere all the time. He, he's ginormous, y'all. He, in scope, and his, his ability to love is so different than ours. His mercy is so different than mine. His patience is so different than mine. And he's asking me to pursue him and to, to be transformed. You know, I always talk to the staff about being transformed in front of people. That that's our job is to be transformed in front of people because what we want to lead in at this church is the transformation process. We want to lead you in being transformed as a staff. That's why we're so transparent on stage. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing today because what I want to do, I don't want it to be clean and pretty. What I want it to be is I want it to be uh, applicable. I want you to be able to take what, what, this, what we say and what we do and how we sing and how we worship and actually help you be challenged to grow with us, to go with us, so, so, so that you're, you're, you're being pulled in. It's not this church service. It's, it's what Frank is experiencing. It's this idea that God really, really wants to, to transform you. And, and one of the things he showed me this morning, too, see, I've got all these notes on top of my notes, so I haven't even got in my notes, but this is what he really, this is where I think, I think the gap is. The gap is this. So, so oftentimes, 
And, and we all think it, and it is a true statement that, that if we're sons and daughters of God, that we're not going to hell. That's a true statement. And we, I think in this church that we intellectually understand that that's not why we got saved, is to save us from hell. What we got saved for was to bring the kingdom to earth. We talk about it all the time. But to move it to a place of where it's our life versus our intellect is, is a very difficult thing. And that's what Frank is doing. Frank's a, a great brother. I've known Frank a long time. Been coming to this church a long time. He's not a man who, who doesn't know the word. He doesn't know it like he is getting to know it, but he's not unfamiliar with the word of God. It's not something that's foreign to him. But there's a place that God wants to reveal to you, and instead of being thinking about being saved to, to, to not go to hell, I want you to start thinking about it this way. And this is what the Lord has shown me this morning. The gap is that I'm, I'm saved and I'm a son and I, and I get all that comes with son and daughtership. And we teach that all the time. It's available to you and me. What, what God did on the cross is available to you and me. Does everybody have it? No. Do, do people, are people in your growth processes all around? Do you know people who are Christians who aren't really growing very much? I mean, we all know people like that. There's some in, you know, some of us you might say, well, that's me. You know, there's, there's this, there's this growing that, that occurs. But, but what I used to do in, in the insurance business is I used to train people. And this, and this is what I want you to apply to the Christian life. I want you to apply the business world for a second. And, and what I would do, what, what would happen uh, would be that, that they would come in, and most of the time people, people didn't know anything about the, the manual, the insurance manual, the product manual. They didn't know the product, right? They didn't know the product, but they had to learn the product before they could go <laughs> sell the product. You tracking with me? They had, to, they had to know. And so I could have tried to teach them the whole manual before they sold anything, but I didn't do that. I took aspects. I took two things, and I would teach them those two things. And they would, they would go out, and they would focus on those two things. And as they grew, they grew their portfolio of what they knew and could impart to somebody else. The gap becomes, the gap in Christianity and in the church today, I believe is this, that your job, you're trying to do Christendom just by, or so many people are trying to do Christendom or in your own power. You, you, you have acknowledged a need for Savior. You see that. And, and you, you see your 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 failures and all those things and you know that he's he's your fixer but you haven't been trained in the owner's manual you you haven't you haven't gotten uh what what the lord wants you to get about about learning his 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 book and so and so you haven't even gone to training class you come to church and that's all, all the training you get but you know, generally, that's just not enough. And so our job is to be, as, as believers, is, as disciples, raised in church, some of us, 
We need to commit to the training by the Holy Spirit. There's a commitment to a training process so that you can bring the glory of God to, to a nation. And, and, the, and I just hate to say this to you because I, there's something that happens in a corporate body that it can't happen anywhere else. But this is not where you get trained. This is where you get some information to go be trained. You get trained as you go, right? You get trained as you, as you hear what the Word of God's saying and you begin to order your life by it, your marriage by it, raising your kids by it, and all that kind of stuff. So it's this commitment to the training by the Holy Spirit. It's like a new job. When you go into a new system or you upload new software, you've got to get familiar with the software. You've got to get familiar with what He's asking you to do to actually be able to do it effectively, right? Everybody with me so far? We, we understand that in the world. It's the same thing is true in Christendom. Yet we, we, we resist getting to know the manual. And the only way to, to allow the Holy Spirit to teach what's in that manual is to, is to walk with him in prayer. And so I have 17 minutes to preach this sermon on prayer because prayer is a is communion with God it's not a one-way conversation it is God teaching you the playbook it's God teaching you the book so that you can be effective in, in doing and then he then he empowers you and you know how God empowers you there's only one way God empowers you he reveals to you truth. Amen. He says to you, he says to you, this is what I say. Jesus said it this way. He said, it's good to you, it's your advantage to you that I go away. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to teach you everything I said. He's going to teach you all truth. And it's going to be brought back to you how you're empowered is. You're in a circumstance, and because you've read the owner's manual, because you're familiarizing yourself with it, you've committed to the training process, he'll bring it to mind. Now, how do you walk in power? You have to choose it. You can't just say, because I'm a son or a daughter, it's going to happen. It does not. It doesn't. You have to say yes to it. It has to be something that, that you're willing. You have to will to do it the way that it's written in the manual. And it's the character and nature of God. And so, and so we, we have to pray as a church. And, and, and there's something about the corporate body. And here's the message that's on my heart. And then I'm going to get to this thing, I think. In Isaiah 58, we read it last week, right? We read it last week, and, and it said, and it says, you know, you, you say that you, you want my presence. You say that you want to hear from me. You, you say all those things. Matter of fact, you come to church every day, but you really don't want to know what I've got to say, and you really don't want to do what I'm saying, Right? That's what it says in Isaiah 58, right? Everybody go like this if it's a right. 
We read it last week. Okay, good. I know that I'm not talking to myself. Okay, good. Let me just ask you one question. Do you think there were two that had a pure heart? Do you think maybe there was 10 that had a good heart? You think maybe there was 20 Israelites that were doing it with the right motive? I think the answer is yes. But because the body, the unity of what God designed as the church, wasn't unified in it, it didn't have power to produce what God wanted it to produce. Until we understand that it takes unity in a church for it to explode, then we're never going to be able to reach the capacity that Jesus wants us to reach in this place. In other words, there can't be 20 of us that are committed to what Frank's talking about. There can't be 10. There can't be 5. There can't be a remnant. There has to be this unified front of understanding that we need the Lord. And there's only, there's no shortcuts. And again, nobody can do it for us. We have to make that decision. Frank, thank you for your testimony. And it, and it has to be, an, I can't do it for Frank. Michelle's been trying to do it for Frank for a long time, and she's failed miserably. <laughs> Liz has been trying to do it for Pastor Alex for quite some time. Yeah. Amen, Frank. So God created this thing called prayer. He created this thing that we could have conversation with him. Why is that so important? Because he says the veil was rent from top to bottom so that you could come into the Holy of Holies boldly. Can you come in owning the place? No, but you could come in without reservation. You could come in because Jesus died. You could come in because what Jesus did. What he's saying is you can come in now and I won't kill you. When you start thinking about who God is and what his requirements are, you should tremble. You, you, should, you, should, you should go, wow, I, I really, I mean, that's what happened in with Frank. You can see his emotion. He's, he's, he's crying, but, you know, I'm glad he is, but I want to say rejoice, brother, because you just hit gold. Rejoice. Celebrate. There's, there's going to be crying coming because you're going to get a lot of correction coming in the future if you stay open. And the church needs to do that. So let's look at prayer real quickly. I'll run through my notes fast and, and talk about why prayer moves mountains. Prayer creates movement. It's, it's action. It actually gets us involved with God. Prayer builds relationship with three persons. It builds relationship with the Father, builds relationship with the Son, builds relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the doorway. There's no other way to the Father except through Jesus. And that's talking about prayer. That's talking about relationship. You can, you, there, there is absolutely no reason for you to pray if it wasn't for Jesus. 
But now, because of Jesus, you can come boldly to the throne of grace, grace being the power of God that will do more in your circumstance than you can do on your own. Recognizing Jesus as the doorway to the Father's heart. Prayer is having a conversation with the Father. It builds relationship with the Father. You can't have a great relationship with God without conversation. How many of you have been involved with somebody who doesn't like you and you talk, 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 and they never say anything back? You can tell they're just not interested in your conversation. Anybody ever had somebody like that? Are you married to that person? <laughs> okay. All right. You know, you know that you can't, you, you, you can't get through life in a, in, a, in a positive way if the conversation's always one-sided. And, and you should do a lot less talking than God does because you need what he has to say a lot more than he needs what you have to say. Because before you say it, he already knows what you need. Amen. It's a lot more about for, for you than it is him. Even your expression to him is only an unloading on him of, of your heart. So you can roll your burden. It is... It is, I'm getting ahead of myself. It is a stress reliever. It's a stress reliever. It said, you know, have you ever, have you ever said to your husband or your wife or a good friend, and you just said, man, I just need somebody to talk to. And man, I'm gonna tell you, it needs to be, it needs to be this thing that comes out of our mouth that it's almost consistent that says, that says, God, I just need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to talk to that I know I can count on, that I know I can trust, that I know won't give me empty opinion, but will actually give me something that has the power to make me successful, to, to give me solutions that will actually work. God, I just need somebody to talk to. And there's a two-way conversation. Help me, Lord. Ladies, He's not your husband, which means I don't want, <laughs> how many of you ladies are guilty of saying, I don't want your opinion, I just want you to listen to what I have to say. I don't want you to fix it. Anybody ever said this? Come on, ladies. I don't want you to fix it, I just want you to listen. Well, you can go to God and say, God, I want you to fix it. If you don't have a lot of pride, men, what we have to do is we have to say, I can't fix it, God. You have to fix it. So this is a place that God takes us to in this two-way conversation. Prayer is relationship with the Father. It brings us in the, and it builds that relationship with the Father. It's also a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit actually prays the will of the Father. Because you're in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you can pray it in English, you can pray it in spirit, in your spiritual language. You can, but no matter what, the Spirit prays the perfect will. And it's a two-way conversation. Prayer also changes you if you'll respond to prayer. God, God will give you information until you quit responding to it. Or until, and, until you're in a position like the church was before and you're, 
and you have totally quit responding to it, then he says, you know, when you start responding to my word of what I've said, then I'll start giving you more information. How many of you have said, heaven has gone silent? There's so much in this message. How many of you have said, heaven's gone silent? I just don't hear anything from God. You know why I think most people don't hear anything from God in prayer? It's because they hadn't done what God told them to do the last time he said something to them. I think most of the time he's given you two or three things that you're supposed to be dealing with and you've refused to deal with him and you're just bringing him more stuff that are most likely fruit from what you didn't do to start with. And he's going to say to you, come on, <laughs> when you do that, I'll do this. I'm waiting on you. And so prayer is this, is this uh, coming to God and, and knowing and believing that it is going to change things for you if you respond to it. The ways that it changes you, it'll build your faith. It'll give you confidence, more confidence in your relationship with God. Prayer removes stress from your life if you trust God's Word for your life. Now, when we say God's Word, see, even that gets watered down. I mean, we think, well, that's the Bible. Yeah, I got one. I got one. What kind you got? I don't know. When's the last time you went? Well, I don't read it enough. You know, we, 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 get, we get like that, and I don't think, I don't, here's, here's where I'm struggling, and y'all pray for me. Here's where I'm struggling. I hear the gospel being preached, and, and when you preach what's in here, people say, that's deep. And you go, no, it's not. It's the gospel. Paul says this. He says, he says <laughs> you should be teachers, but you're still on the milk. You know what he's saying? You're still on the breast. You're still babies. You're... It's not deep. It's, it's the gospel. And what is it? You've got to go to training. You've got to go to Holy Spirit training. You've got to know the manual. You've got to know the way. You're not, you didn't get saved not to go to hell. You got saved to follow Jesus. Amen. They used to call it the way. You got saved so you could go the way of Jesus. How do you go the way Without knowing the way. You've got to know the way. This is not just, this is not just a Bible. It is, it is the thing that actually brings victory. The cross is the instrument that opens up the opportunity for victory. It's the only, it opens up opportunity. It doesn't bring the victory. Obedience brings the victory. Obedience to the way. The church has to get a hold of this. Jesus made a way for us to be victorious, 
to take back ground, to be healed in every way, soulish healing, everything. And the church has to respond in unity before God's going to move on a nation. But how's that come? Well, certainly it's not going to come if his people don't pray. Because the scripture tells me that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then, everybody say then, then. then. What kind of prayer? What kind of fast? A serious one. Why? Because the time is near. The time is near. So it, it removes stress from my life if I believe God's word. It gives me hope for a future because I know God cares for me. He cares for me. Prayer prepares us for the future. He gives us vision. You need the vision of God. How do you get the vision of God if all the time all you're doing in your prayer life is talking? You can't get vision from God in your prayer life if all you do is complain to God. You actually have to set time apart to listen. And one of the ways you listen is you've got to know the Word because if you don't know the Word, the Holy Spirit doesn't have much to bring to you. It's a hard time bringing us truth. And I know this, man. I, I tell you. I want to know Jesus so, so well that when I get to heaven, I don't need a mansion. I don't need a reward. All I need is Jesus. Just, just show me Jesus. Is that going to be enough for me? Is that enough for me? Prayer brings results. It brings change for good. God moves through prayer. His kingdom comes through prayer. It comes in my life. It comes in the people around me's life. It comes to my workplace. It comes to my relatives. It comes to my children. Well, I don't, I don't see it yet. Well, that's called faith. Faith and continual prayer. So what must I believe about God? You've got to believe and trust that God really exists. There's some of you in this room that, that, that think that God is something other than what he is. He is an all-powerful, all-knowing, and he's everywhere all the time at the same time. That means that he knows what you're going through. He hears all of your requests, and he knows your heart. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please God. For he, comes, he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What's it look like to diligently seek God? 
What's it look like? Now, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you. I, I want you to get in your time machine, and I want you to step out of the United States of America. I want you to step out of 2020, and I want you to step into what God designed in his word to be. And then I want you to think about diligence. What does diligent look like? Now that's not to bring guilt. You should rejoice when you have some, when you have sobriety, when you see yourself, because there's going to be plenty of time, like in Frank's life, that we get corrected. I'm getting, I'm getting corrected. God is really saying, you know, you, you think you know me. I mean, you know something about me, but you, you see it a mirror dimly. But let me just tell you. Let me tell you, Pastor, I want to show you so much. I, I, I want to I reveal to you so much. If you'll just reposition yourself, if you'll make this a lifestyle, if you'll understand my intent I'm going to be able to take it. <clears throat> Hannah and Justin have a, had a tough week. And I just watched them worship their way through it. And was that the end? That's not the end. They're going to have to keep worshiping. see things clearly and we're never going to get a good answer for a lot of the stuff that we face and if we're separated from God, if we're not close to God if we don't know him well we're not going to be able to deal with what life brings God designed prayer so that we could love him well so that we could know his nature and his character. And it's a group thing. It's a group thing. That's why there's so much power in the scripture about community. You know why people? Golly. I don't have my watch. 
What time is it really? Okay. You know why people say they they don't? Uh, I don't I don't know if you have to go to church. The reason being is because the church is not a praying, power-filled, power-packed, glory-revealing church. If it was a power-packed, glory-revealing, prayer-filled, unified, it would be like, whoa! There's no way they could produce that out there. going to work if the church doesn't get healthy. He can't. He works through us. So even if we are somewhat healthy, which I think I'm somewhat healthy, I got so much to learn. God's got so much he wants to teach me. The church needs us to God is a black hole. It's a black hole. But the nature of God, you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will I give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So, I guess I'm pleading with you join me in seriousness because the time is short. People need the Lord. And if we aren't being transformed in front of people, if we don't have the faith that was on display this morning without understanding, then nobody's going to see the glory of the Lord. How people see the glory of the Lord is you being changed. So if you're the same old stuck Christian you were five years ago, you need to fall down on your face. You need to ask for forgiveness. And you need to say, God, help me. Help me. Help me carry out the mission that you've assigned me. Help me to know it. you lay hands on the person in front of you. Just stay seated. Just put your hand. Father, we pray. Say this with me. Father, I pray for sobriety. That I'd see you clearly and that would make me see me clearly. 
and I would commit my way to the training of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God through Jesus becoming like my Father. Help us to understand what a sojourner is, Lord. Help us to understand that we're foreigners here. And what makes us foreigners is we look like kingdom, not Americans. Kingdom. Lord, I, I ask for your help. I ask for your grace. I know, God, a shot of a doubt that you're doing something amazing in this place you're transforming lives you're healing you want to heal your presence wants to be strong here God but Lord we can't take it for granted we gotta forget what lies behind and we've got to press on toward the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, God. We say yes. We say yes, God. We say yes. Yes, God. Shit, dickhead.